Methodists have great music. I'm sitting over here with the choir singing, and I can't keep my feet from not tapping and my heart from jumping. And uh, thanks for the music. That stirs your soul. You could just go home now, because I think you've had everything good with your music today. It's been a pleasure to be with you folks in a fine hospitality at Pittman Park United Methodist Church. We were graced with uh, being able to stay with Dr. Smith and his wife Sandy last night and a wonderful meal and, and uh, to be with Pastor Bagwell and his wife Sue and get to know them and, and the wonderful work that you're doing. And that's why I had to just come to say thank you for Pittman Park, particularly for the Haiti ministry, the things that you are making possible. I'm going to tell you about that in just a little bit. I want to reflect a little bit over the Psalms first. You see, the Psalms, they're just like an old shoe. You can pick up any of them and you can just say, this feels good. You can read them and just kind of wear them all day long. If you had to learn to memorize a, a piece of scripture, you probably had to memorize Psalm 23. That's probably the most favorite uh, shoe you could put on. And you could say it in your own heart. I like particularly the last verse. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in a house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy, you see, they're like two hound dogs coming after us all the time. <laughs> goodness and mercy, that's always nipping at your heels. The goodness and mercy of God. And then that great conjunctive word, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The psalmist uh, just can't contain themselves. They, they get all wrapped up in, in, in word pictures. They they just take the experience of life. Sometimes you see people in the street and you say, how are you doing today? And you say, I'm doing fine. The Psalms will just lay it out to you. I feel awful today. I mean, all this stuff happened and blah, blah, blah. But the God is good. Always starts with the woes and then turns to the goodness of God. That's the Psalms for you. They do a wonderful story about that. They, they write um, words that are picture words. That's how the Hebrew, Hebrew writes so when the Lord is my shepherd, writes about what is it like to have a sheep and, uh, and the owner who would watch over this sheep and care for that. Uh, we used to have sheep on our farm. I grew up on a farm and, and uh, the sheep hear your voice. And so when you, when you hear that song, the Lord is my shepherd, that's the one who watches over us. Or you hear songs like, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. God is a refuge and strength, a very trouble and help in time of trouble. Therefore, will not fear. Though the mountain shake, though it falls into the sea, God is there. Be still and know that I'm God. I mean, they, that's the Psalms for you. And then this last Psalm, just a praise. Just, uh, you can't get enough instruments in there to praise. The psalmist, the Hebrew writer, Particular Psalms writes in greatness. Talks about mountain upon mountain. That's the way the psalmist writes. Or 10,000 times 10,000. The goodness of God. Comes from real life. I think of one uh, particular lady who was part of a women's group. Every Wednesday they would gather and their, their routine was that they had to come with a Bible verse each day and say, this is the Bible verse I want to come and present. This one lady always had the same verse. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, be glad in it. I heard you sing it over here. 
that she said that every day they gathered on Wednesday. And she was all excited because she said in this one particular day, she said her son and daughter and her two kids were coming to visit them over the weekend. So she was excited for them to come. She lived in a little mountain area, mountainous area. And that particular Friday night when they were coming there, the roads were slippery. The car went off the road and they were all killed. Devastating to the community. They didn't know if they should even gather that next Wednesday, the group of ladies, because they were all in sorrow, and they knew that she would never come. But they said, we still want to meet. So they met on this Wednesday, and they, before they could start here, this lady came again. And as they started sharing their verses, she shared the verse, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You see, as people of God, that's, that's the kind of hope we have. When, when life gets stripped away from us, when the, when the rug gets pulled out from us, we, we're, not, we're not just there in our own strength, but we have this powerful God who says, I will love you forever. Forever you will be my child. And I have paid the price by sending Jesus to the cross so that you will be assured that you will never have to worry about your eternal life. It's been bought with a price, and it's a free gift of grace for you. Enjoy it. That's why the psalmist says, I can't get words enough to say why we should thank and praise God with the lyre, with the harp, with the voice. To say thanks be to God. This past uh, Wednesday, Sandy and I uh, particularly were, uh, were somewhat uh, caught up on a little space shot. One of our former youth, Chell Lindgren, was one of the astronauts that went up into space Wednesday. He's been in training for many years, and uh, so a Russian person and a Japanese person, and Chell Lindgren uh, took off in a space shot. We watched it, counting down an hour before, and they're interviewing him. And, uh, and he was saying about the joy he's going to find of being up there about 250 miles in the sky, connecting to space, uh, to the spaceship, and, and then watching Earth but beneath. And to see this globe down there called the Earth, and to give thanks to God like that astronaut did on Christmas Eve many years ago. Remember when he read, uh, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the Earth. It was a wonderful story of Genesis 1. Just overcome by that. That's... That's the psalmist speaking for us, overcome by the goodness of God. I don't have a lot of time for pessimists, particularly in the church. We have no business to be pessimists, no matter what you read in the newspaper or see in the television. We need not be people that look for the weeds of life, but see the flowers that God has planted throughout the kingdom. The goodness of God. The scriptures that he's given to us, promises that you can take and use every day of your life, 365 promises or more that you could use every day. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Like that lady found out through her tears. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And that whole this tribulation, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. No, 
I can see Paul pounding and saying, in all things, God is for us. In this world, you have much tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world, says Jesus. All the kind of promises of God. So the psalmist says these, these words that he sees there is to be put on for the whole way of life and then lived out in gratitude for what you've been given. And that's why we're in Haiti. Because we're taking that good news and sharing with people who have little hope until they see people who can come and be Jesus' hands and feet in that community. So 20 years ago, Bill Blosser, who is here with us today, just coming from Aiken, South Carolina, North Carolina, is it North Carolina? South Carolina, I should know that, you've got to come from the South. <laughs> south Carolina. He and I and seven others went down there to see what we can do as part of a church to make a difference in the country of Haiti. We traveled each day to a couple of places, and, and every place we would go, we'd say, oh my, look at the need in this place. We need to be here to help this situation, dire need. Every place, every day, hearts went out. And at the end of that day, on a Friday night, in the Montana Hotel, we put a newspaper on the wall, and we listed all the places. We said, so what can we do? We can't do all of these. We chose this place called Village of Hope in Gantier, about 45 minutes out of Port-au-Prince toward the Dominican Republic. And we said, that's a place that we can direct our help because a lady there named Carol Herget, missionary for 50 years, had a vision of taking 32 acres on a hillside and saying, I want to start a school there in which she had now at this point 60 students in a little tiny building had a little canvas on the side with a little stove that I made out of wood, uh, wood fire with a big kind of bowl of beans and rice, and she's serving that to the kids because she said they had nothing to eat, and they won't learn until they get some food in their stomachs. She said, I have a vision of starting a school here and someday a health center. And we said, let's come alongside of Carol Herget. And that's what we did 20 years ago, started raising funds, you see, Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Ten percent of the children die before they reach the age of five. Eighty percent are in poverty, fifty percent in object poverty, seventy, eighty percent unemployed. Meaning the life expectancy of men in Haiti are fifty years, women are fifty-three years of age. 53 are illiterate, 53% of the population illiterate. And so we ask the children, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they'll say something like this, I want to be alive. And we're there to serve. And why Pittman Park is such a crucial part of this. And so we started to come alongside and help build a school Carol Herger was taking children at age of three because if they wait longer than that, they run out of food early on and their hair turns orange and they are malnourished and then brain damaged and then you have little hope in ever returning and making a difference in their mind with brain damage. So she said we need to feed them at age three because then we can give them a better chance for self-sufficiency in life. So she would take these students, as we still do today, 40 at a time, 
and uh, uh, several hundred, every year, several hundred people come with their request saying, can you take my son and my daughter? Because at least we know that they'll give them a chance and be given food and education. They can read and write. Will you take my child? And we say, no, we can only take 40. That's all we really have funds to do at this point. So we put their names like in a hat and we draw each name out one at a time. And you can imagine a mother or father who is saying, oh, they're at 38 and 39 and I haven't heard my child. What's number 40 going to be? And then they hear 40 and not their child. And you can only imagine that she must take that child's hand or in her arms and take that child home and said, well, it's not for you. It tears our heart out to hear those stories. But we rejoice in the 40 we get each year. Children with big smiles on their face, eager to come to school, get some food every day, something to eat. The mothers are tired of their children at night who go to bed crying because they're hungry. So sometimes they'll make what's called sun cookies. She'll mix some take some dirt, mix some water into it, and maybe a little bit of sugar she might have around for some sweetness. Put them in the sun to let them bake a little bit and we'll say, have a cookie if you're hungry. No nutrition, but fills their stomach and keeps them from crying at night. So we start to school and the first uh, time we were there, uh, Pastor Blosser and myself, we stopped at the city of Soleil that's the slums of Haiti. Haiti, if you'd go there, you'd think that all of Haiti is a, what you'd call a very dire poverty, but inside of Haiti is the city of Soleil. And we were working with a pastor there, happened to be a priest, that was running a mission there and a health center there. And that very first time where they were hearing his story, and this lady brought this girl standing next to me, this girl in her arms, she had pigtails, and uh, she was, uh, you could see she was uh, really ill, and the mother was pleading with this pastor, please help my child. And the pastor kept just speaking to us, and I kept kind of getting a little annoyed, saying, why don't you just stop and deal with, this is the urgent message here. And the mother kept saying, please help, and I could watch this little girl, and all of a sudden I just saw this girl go limp in her arms. I knew that she just died, right there, right next to me. And after the pastor started, stopped talking. I said, why didn't you help this lady? And he said, I had no medicine in my health center. He said, come with me. And I went inside and on these three shelves, wooden shelves, there was one bottle of hydrogen peroxide. He said, that's all the medicine we have. I couldn't do anything for this mother. And I said, we need a health center. And so the beautiful thing, five years ago, we dedicated a health center at Village of Hope, served 70,000 people in that community, 22 zones of Haiti. And people like Dr. Smith and his wife and daughter and others from this congregation come. And they go into the villages and people line up hundreds at a time to say, I need help. And they'll treat them maybe six, seven hundred in a week's time, and they never finish treating them. And they'll say, now then go back to the health center. When we leave, that health center's there for you to help. It's like a miracle. 
to see as you drive up on this now eight buildings on this hillside of Village of Hope. On top of that is this beautiful health center that you have helped make such a difference in the lives of those people. And so they come, these medical teams, and, and with the hundreds of people they see and given medicine, so they have a chance for life again, so they can maybe etch out some kind of living. That's the work that goes on, because the church, the hands and feet of Jesus like you, are there. So I had to come for two things. One, to say thank you for for your strong commitment, your generous hearts. You're wanting to be a church in the world, across the street and around the world. Because church is every day of the week being Jesus to those people. And you're doing that through this village of hope. And one of the things as we look at our ministry, as we try to raise funds to keep this and sustain this forty four hundred thousand dollar year budget going. We have a hundred people we employ, Haitians down there. All of us are volunteers, but we hire a hundred Haitians. We give them a job and they're excited to work and they work in teaching and they work at the health center and they help cook the meals for the kids and they love a chance to work. Some get $4.80 a day, but for them it's a, it's a gift. And so we raise these funds to sustain that kind of work so we can add and build on to that. We build a dental clinic, an ophthalmology center, a prenatal and postnatal center. Those are the things that Haiti's saying, can you bring this on? I say, well, we've got to get the funds to do it. And so if there's any way that you see that you can continue your work by your prayers, and then from 25 to $100 a month would, would make such a difference in this health center to to pay the work of these doctors and nurses and lab technicians and pharmacists so we can not only pay that, but increase that work. You see, that's God's people there. That's our brothers and sisters. And we're there to make a difference. I share just uh, two closing stories. One time we were there, some years ago, we were building the chapel area. We were doing the work then. We would bring people down and work on mission teams. We would stop doing that because we would rather hire the Haitians to do the work and pay them the $4.80 a day, give them some dignity, give them some money than are doing it. But at that point, we're still doing the work. And they were so pleased we were coming and building this building for them to hold a chapel that we now meet with. That's our, that's our Christian emphasis we have at school. They meet for worship on a daily basis. So we were building this chapel, and they, they came with beans and rice to give us a noon meal. And I actually like beans and rice. It's not a problem for me. But they said, we wanted to bring you a chicken. We found this chicken. We want you to have some chicken meat with this beans and rice. We thought you needed more. And we were grateful for that. It was really tasted very good. And we'd eat uh, the various parts of the chicken, and we just threw that into this kind of brush area. And before I knew it, there's some rustling in the brush and I looked out and here they were down there picking up our bones and they were saying well we eat the bones in Haiti too when you're hungry you eat everything and then the last story three, four months ago one of our medical teams was there and Dr. Smith can tell you story after story like this too one of the medical teams, they'd been, it was Wednesday, middle of the week, been working all day in a hot sun, 
no electricity, so you work from sun up to sundown. As now the sun was going down, and they're hot and sweaty and tired, waiting to get back to Hope House to kind of refresh themselves. And, and then a nurse came up and she said, can you just see one more, just one more? They brought this little boy, the mother brought this little boy in her arms, probably five years of age, very small in statue, and the nurse said, this child won't make it through the night. He's so malnourished. Can you try to just do something for this child, just one more tonight? So they, best they could with nutrition and some fluids and so forth, worked with this child and said to the mother, if he makes it through the night, bring him back first thing in the morning. We'll see him again first thing in the morning. And so the mother takes this child, I don't know how many miles, back to the village where she lived in some little tiny hut. And sure enough, made it through the night, brought him back the next morning, and they gave him some more nutrients, what he could take at that time, and supplements, and and then gave him more to take with her home. Well, the long story of that is, is this little boy now is healthy and well. And it's just not another statistic. Because people like you at Pittman Park, and through people like Dr. Smith and Dr. Blosser, who's a dentist here with us today, goes down and says, we're here to serve We're here to be Jesus. Use us. So thank you, Pittman Park, for what you do and for helping a vision of how God would have us live, all of us on this earth. As Chell Lindgren will look down from the space and say, that's the earth that God so loves. Thank you for your part. Amen. The peace of God which passes all human understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in tune with Jesus Christ who is our Lord. Amen.